1: to another episode of the World's Team on Blogging the Boys Network in partnership with SB Nation. I am Meg Murray and I am joined today by Mr. Tom Ryle and Danny Phantom. How's it going today, guys?
2: Fantastic. Well, pretty well.
1: All right. So we, uh, we are missing Mr. Paul today. He um, wanted to join us, but he is just having a good old time with his friends in Greece for a wedding. So we will let him do that. He was going to try to join us and I was like, Listen, just go have (laughs) fun. So uh, we're going to break down this game for you a little bit. Um, I feel like the place we need to start after this week is just the O-line. Tom, how did you feel like the O-line looked last night?
2: Well, I think I saw kind of what I expected, and that's not a good thing, Uh, (laughs) you know. I really, really felt that they had, as as we repeated, it seemed endlessly now in the articles on Blogging the Boys and the various podcasts and everything, they were unprepared for something to happen to one of their starting tackles. Something happened to one of their starting tackles, and indeed, they were unprepared. Uh, I think... The biggest concern, and I hope I'm not stealing your thunder here, is all indications have been that they were hoping for Josh Ball to step up and take this job. And particularly in the first quarter, Josh Ball was not up to the task. And sadly, no one else was. So that was a big worry there.
0: Uh, what were your thoughts on that, Danny? Yeah, so honestly, I have a different perspective today. I, I have to say I I feel a little better. Um, you know, I, I feel like for the last couple of weeks, I've been kind of a, a Debbie Downer with this whole um, O-line situation, and I just keep waiting for that veteran to be signed, and it, and it keeps not happening, and that makes me really sad. But so my assessment is, is this. Josh Ball is Josh Ball. I, I haven't seen much difference in his play. I haven't, I was hoping to see an improvement. Didn't there's times where he has good reps. There's other times where he completely whiffs on it on his man and he's lunging. Um, But what I did see a couple things that, that make me feel a little better is I'm starting to get a sense of the Cowboys plan as far as how they're, Preparing to deal with this issue and I think that's a lot of that is going to be with some extra help and we saw a little bit with some extra linemen, you know, you, you probably heard a couple times that this guy is reported eligible so they were rolling out six linemen. And also I'm super impressed with the blocking of Jake Ferguson. Uh, he did a fantastic job. Um, he does a very good job in, engaging his blocks holding his blocks. And he does a good job chipping too, where he'll, he'll pop and then run out. So um, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, tall personnel with the Cowboys with, with Schultz and Ferguson uh, uh, um, with how effective they are as blockers. So those are promising. And, and I haven't looked at the tape all completely, but I'm watching the second half now. And I'm so far, I'm very impressed with, well, let's go. Um, I think his, his arms are so long and he does a good job of actually, you know, keeping the distance and, Uh, there were some good plays, uh, good plays on tape. And one thing I did want to point out too, and something I actually haven't thought about in a long time is I remember us talking before with the tackle situation, like depending on who gets hurt is, well, let's go with the left tackle swing and and ball was the right tackle swing, but we've only seen ball on the right, on the left side. And he hasn't, he hasn't shown up, but what would, I wonder what it'd be like if like we, if like steel was actually on the playing left tackle and then ball was on right would, would, would ball be better? So, I guess there are a list of things that give me a little bit more um, hope about the Cowboys' offensive line situation. Um,
2: so that's that's my feelings right now. Can, can can I ask you, Dan, one thing? You looked at go and, uh, you know, I was writing up the game while it happened. It means you can't really focus in on details like that like you can when you're going through a replay like you are. Right now, how would you rank Walesko's progress in becoming an NFL uh, offensive tackle versus ball, you know, even given the fact that Walesko has sat out for so long? Yeah, no,
0: that's um, and like I said, I'm only like midway through the third quarter and he's he's didn't come in until the second half. So uh my my assessment is super small sample size, but I'm impressed with him. Um I think he's very He's very fundamentally sound. He, he, he moves really well, and he's looking for work, too. It's like if 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 he's not engaged in a man, he's looking around, around for someone to to, to block. Uh, so I'm, I'm very, very impressed with him so far. Uh, I, I can understand why the Cowboys are really high on this guy. And, um, you know, I mean, he, we have to remember, too, remember when um, Terrence Steele came out undrafted, uh, and, you know, he immediately was playing right tackle. So if they got a guy has the traits and, you know, has the, the coachability. And with, well, let's go, he's, he's got, he's one of those guys that you know, high character guys that you could really max out his talent. I think there's, there's something there. So it's really tough to, to be too excited about, you know, a fifth round rookie who's, you know, hasn't played much because of his shoulder, but I'm impressed. I To me, I feel, I feel better about let's go than ball. I mean, it's just ball is ball. We, we know the thing about ball is he may play okay at times, but then that one time he whips and it's, he's going to knock, he's going to kill a drive. So that's balls. balls of a big concern.
1: Yeah. That seemed to be a Nate Newton sentiment as well um, about balls. So that was, you know, promising to hear, at least we got a little injection of positivity from uh, Dan over here. So that's always good. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. So. Are there any guys last night that made a case to make the 53-man roster that you saw?
0: Um, I will say, so I'm a little bit um, perplexed by the Peyton Hendershot situation because he's not on my 53, um, and it's simply just a matter of there's just not room. I was like, who who are you going to bump? Um, But I certainly... He made a case. Uh, I mean, he played well, and also too, when you're looking at the, the the bottom guys, you you really want to look. And Rabs and I had a discussion about this on um, Friday's episode of Star Seminar. Is it's like, what do you what do you really want from these last guys? And you either want a guy who's who's going to contribute in some fashion, whether it's some role on 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 offense, or defense, or 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 a role in special teams, or if it, if it's not that, then you want a guy that's has the development guy that you just want to save. You don't want to throw out there, you know, kind of like Simi Vihoko last year. I mean, we didn't, he, he wasn't playing. He was, he was a development guy. That's so, he, and when I'm looking at these players now, like who, who fits that, I mean, Henry a perfect example. He's, I don't think he's ready to play and you can see he gets called for penalties every game. And you know, he's, he's making mistakes, but that's fine. That's what you'd expect but he's one of those guys that you know could develop and if you think about how well ferguson's playing and the future at tight end where i just i know T- dalton Schultz's agent is not can't be happy with all the every time he sees ferguson make a, a play because like, I, I really feel like schultz is probably his days are numbered in dallas with with uh, the with the cowboys tight end situation but if that is in fact the path they go then then a player like Kinder's shot would be someone that they would save. So I guess that's kind of the big one for me. I hope I didn't steal your guy, Tom.
2: Uh, well, you did, in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> I was Because he was the first uh, thought that came to mind. Uh, and really, I think it comes down to how much faith do they have in Sean McJune. Uh, so, uh, or are they gonna go with four tight ends? Which is, I think, uh, still a question that we don't know the answer to, obviously. Uh, but outside of him, the, the the first name that came to mind was Tyler Coyle. Um, you know, he played well enough to be on an NFL roster, uh, you know, especially with his special team contributions. Having said that, I still don't think the numbers will allow it to happen. Uh, although I have to look at the uh, remarks from uh, um, Michael Gelkin said that uh, Israel Mekwamu had a groin problem at the end of the game, apparently aggravating something he'd been struggling with and was scheduled for an MRI today to see what they had. Coyle may actually be one of those guys that gets a shot for the first few weeks of the season because they've got somebody they've had to hold out or they put on IR planning to bring him back in week five. Uh, and if that is the case, he may be setting himself up to come in and get some work in the safety room.
1: Oh, that. Yeah. I didn't hear about that. That's crazy. I hope he's.
2: Yeah. Well, if it was a Gulkin tweet, uh, and he just said that he, uh, had a problem with it late in the game. They're looking at an MRI. Um, Saying it's a groin injury, uh, you know, you never know how serious that is, but a lot of times it's something that if they can give him a week or so of rest, he'll be fine. So we kind of have to wait and see and hope it's for the good and that the news doesn't just keep getting steadily worse like it did with Tyron.
1: Oh, yeah. That's definitely something that we'll want to keep an eye on, you know, in the next couple of days. But for me, um, I, I really enjoy watching Malik Davis play. I know it's like, there's again, not enough room for him. Um, But he is just such a solid runner Um, when he, especially when he gets a lane. Um, So I really, I really enjoyed watching him. Um, But let's see, what was, um, what was y'all's biggest takeaway from last night? Uh, we'll start with Dan over there.
2: Yeah,
0: well, a couple. Of, I mean, I, we I already spoke a little bit about the uh, offensive line situation. My biggest takeaway is I, I feel like the Cowboys have a plan to give their tackles help, and that's uh, that's my that's probably my strongest takeaway from the game. Um, another thing that I saw that I was pleased with. Uh, I feel better about the Cowboys CB4. I mean, I, I was Bland's been playing really well in preseason, uh, but I feel like he he played even a little better last night. You, you can kind of see even plays that you know he got beat. The the coverage was good. Uh, he's very physical. Uh, I really like the way he attacks, and you know he's just, he just does a really good job. He 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 really reminds me of kind of like a rookie Anthony Brown. I know I know the number probably. Influences me a little bit, but um, and and I what I say when I say that, I mean that you're going to see mistakes from him, but you're also going to see plays where he's actually viable. And and I think if the Cowboys end up losing one of their three starters, that I think Bland could come in and the Cowboys would be okay. Um, now I don't know what they have past that because obviously we, you know, Kelvin Joseph hurt, got hurt early. I, I didn't, I was looking for him, didn't see him. I guess he had a head injury and then Nayshawn Wright is high oh, hall man i feel like you know i just beat beat on this guy so much and which is terrible cuz he's a fellow osu beaver right i should be like pulling for the guy but i don't know i mean i just my cowboys loyalty always takes precedence and he's just such a, a liability and even he to his credit made a good play made a good read when he had that um pick uh but there's still so many bad things on play and i i just to me i, I don't I would say someone asked me, hey, did Nashawn do enough turn of the spot with you know that pick punches ticket? And I'd say, I don't know. Uh, you know, they they may, uh, and it, it could be related to what's going on with Kelvin Joseph, but I don't know if if he has. So Nashawn to me is still a bubble guy, and uh I kind of lean towards no, if
2: if if I'm asked.
1: What was your biggest takeaway from last night, Tom?
2: Uh if the Cowboys need to lean on their defense, they probably have something to work with. Um, That was, I did not at all expect, even given the quarterbacks they were facing, for the Cowboys to come away with five interceptions in that game. Um, And, you know, it was obviously not your usual cast of characters because these are all the backups out there. Uh, It was, uh, you know, but it wasn't just that. I mean, uh, Sam Williams had a couple of uh, pass rushes where he just absolutely trashed the poor guy trying to block him. Uh, he did draw a couple of penalties, so he needs to work on cleaning some stuff up. But I think he's got some potential down the road uh, and will contribute at times this season. And just overall, I think that the, the defense is in so much better shape than the offense. They have their questions are almost all about, gosh, we have six guys we'd like to keep to fill five positions, that kind of thing. And you see that kind of all over it, uh, with maybe the depth at corner, like Dan said, being one little bit of an exception. But you know if. Uh, it's really a shame that Cuomo is possibly suffering a problem because he actually fills in at corner at times as well as playing safety. And I think they were banking on that a lot. He may actually be your cornerback five in a sense. So anyway, I, that was just what I got. The uh, The Cowboys, uh, are in, their defense is in good hands, in good shape, and ready to go and may help buy the offense a little extra time to get themselves together
1: yeah that really felt like something that got solidified throughout the um the offseason it just it it's weird after like previous years uh to feel so solid on defense um but yeah Dan Quinn is really uh I would say I don't want to say righted the ship but that feels kind of right in a sense. Um, and yeah, that's a, that's a solid takeaway going into this year. Um, however, I feel like we keep seeing a lot of um, the lovely yellow flags, a lot of penalties. Um, what do you guys think? Is there like an ability to tighten that up um, or is it simply just, you know, a little bit of the it's the backups. Are, are we are we too worried about that? I should say. Uh,
0: uh, I, I will just say so. I mean, obviously, the, we saw the backups play. So I mean, when you see a player like kindershot or Br- Braylon Jones, I mean, I don't even care if he gets a flag <laughs> or something. Or guys that you know that aren't going to play, um, not you know, not worried about. The, however, when it's Nation Wright and the Cowboys have plans to keep him. That's not something you want to see. He's, he's given up a lot of big plays and, and a couple of them have been uh long pass interference penalties. Um, I'm a little troubled by Sam, Sam Williams cause uh, he played really well. If you look at it, I mean, he's just super aggressive, just relentless. I mean, the guy is just all over the place and sometimes I'll have to like watch him. Like, where did he start the play from? I mean, cause he's just the motor on this guy is just incredible. Uh, so he played really well, but uh, if I've got my count correctly, I think he has four now in four in three games, four personal foul penalties, and they're just stupid penalties, and that's that's unsettling to see because that was one of the knocks on him in college is he just would you know he kept on making those mental mistakes, um, and you know that will keep him off the off the field. It's it's uh, you know they, they want to get his, him reps, but we got a pretty good group of pass rushers, so I mean his reps are going to be probably. Sparingly, anyway, but if he's going to be like averaging, a, you know, over one penalty, one roughing penalty game, that, that's not going to allow him to see much action. But, uh, so, so things like that concern me overall. No, I mean, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll always be worried about Tyler Smith. He, of course, he didn't play uh last night, but I mean, because he still has this tendency to you know, the way he will place his arm sometimes, it's just it looks. Very tempting for the refs. And I think what whoever's playing in the in the, the left tackle spy, we're gonna, it's gonna be concerning. So I mean, I'm I'm concerned, but I'm not overly concerned that we've seen a lot in the preseason because that's just preseason.
2: Yeah. My the thing on me for me is that in all three see three preseason games, the Cowboys have gotten flagged more than the other team. It's not the raw numbers to me that bother me it's the fact that they consistently get more uh, get more flags on their direction than the people they're playing which puts them at a disadvantage. And it's it's one of these things that I, I, I don't understand because I know the coaches are trying to cut down on this because it just, it just would be unconscionable for them not to be trying to cut down on. It. I know the players don't want to commit fouls because they, you know, get in the doghouse real easily. And yet it doesn't change for years now. It doesn't seem to be changing. And and I'm at a loss. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't want, don't want to go off into any conspiracy theories about the referees having it out for the Cowboys. Um, I do think referees tend to uh, maybe pay more attention in Cowboys games because so many of them are national games and they know they've got a big stage and referees are just like everybody else. They kind of want to be a star. And I don't think that's a good thing for the game, but I just don't know what's going on. And uh, more importantly, since I have no idea what really is at the root of it, I have no idea how you go about fixing it. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work
1: Yeah, it seemed like you know in the off season they were giving us this. Oh, we're having you know extra rough set practice to make sure that you know we're flagging stuff as it happens. Um, but it just doesn't seem like that helped. If um, you know, but hey, if Dan's right here and it's just something that we shouldn't worry about, then I'm all for it. It's just after we were plagued with that last year. It's not. Um, doesn't make you feel good going into the season, especially when you're jumping right out the gate into Tampa Bay. Um, So.
0: Yeah. I want to add one more thing to it. Something that, that would concern me. And it it, it did concern me last year is if I'm seeing players and coaches uh, complaining about officiating and kind of redirecting then I start to have a different feeling about it because now they're not—they're not owning their mistakes. They're not trying to fix it. They're just, you know, woe is me. We're getting the bad calls, and that's a toxic environment to me. I don't think that's—that's that's good. If—if if we start seeing some of that, like we did see last year, then I'm—then I'm, then I'm going to be concerned because they're not—they're not addressing the real problem, and they're, you know, trying to to deflect. And you know, so I'm hoping that's not the case this year, right? I mean, this in preseason. This is the time where you can be a little more aggressive or, you know, you can just kind of experiment with things. And it's it's um, it's OK to, to to get a little laundry there. But, uh, you know, if if we're seeing this in the regular season and when and the Cowboys don't seem like they're trying to find answers, then I'm going to have a different feeling about it. So just wanted to add
2: that. Yeah, that's. No,
0: no. A,
2: Go ahead. I was going to say, Dan, that that's a, that's a very good point. And you know the the one other thing I think that could signify is the coaches don't have a clue what to do either, which is probably just as bad. Uh, they're they're frustrated and at a loss and trying to deflect just because that could be human nature. But yeah, it's 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 something I think we're going to have to be worried about for a while until the Cowboys start proving they can play cleaner games.
1: Yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right, Dan. Um, that. That did bother, I feel like that bothered a lot of people at the end of the year. It was like, yeah, the fans usually complain about that more than you guys need to be doing that, like in press conferences and stuff like that. It's, it's like own your mistakes and have take accountability. And, you know, hopefully that fixes it going forward. So I don't want to dwell in negativity, but I do want to um, ask you guys, um, what was your low point? of the night and for me it was brett maher missing a field goal but <laughs> i'll let uh tom lead that one up um yeah
2: that wasn't a low point for me at all because it was a 61 yarder and i think that's just a situation where you're out there giving him a chance to swing his leg and see how it feels see how far he can push it uh, you know that that didn't bother me uh I, th- I think it was – for me, the low point was watching how much that Will Greer was struggling when they were clearly setting him up to try to come out and make a, uh, a case for himself to move ahead of Cooper Rush. And uh, that, was, that was a low point, but probably an even lower point. I think the real one came right at the end when Aaron Champlin went down getting hurt at the end of a meaningless game that should have been over if Pete Carroll didn't insist on pretending that these game matter and started calling timeouts at the end yeah. in some weird attempt to try and win the game. And I'm still a little angry about that. I think that is, um, there are a lot of things about Pete Carroll that I object to as a head coach. And this is just another one of them. So that was really, I think, the bad thing to see there. Almost to the end, kids had a really good camp and preseason probably was playing for a practice squad spot. But, you know, that I think was making the practice squad in the NFL is quite an accomplishment. Uh, You know, it's, it's still one of the most difficult things to get. And it can offer a path to the future, and he might have lost his chance at that because of the ego on the other sideline. And I'll now get off my soapbox and be quiet. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, Tom. Go no, ahead.
0: I was just going to say, Tom, we need to focus on ourselves, and let's you know, I, let's not care what Pete Carroll has, you know, what he thinks. And but I, I will say too, I, I I don't think I have a lot really to to point out negatively. Um, I think one thing I'm disappointed is. is I think our backup QB situation is kind of blah, you know. It's like uh I think you know, I think it's gonna be Cooper Rush and it's like uh and, and um you know we'll Greer will probably probably put to the practice squad. I don't I don't think he's gonna be taken. I mean I think uh Grill Greer, Greer makes some plays, but you know, he definitely could see that he's he's not ready. And uh but I think what is a little upsetting about the Cowboys very mediocre if you at best i guess quarterback up situation is is we're really not able to see a lot with the young receivers like i you know with Jalen Tolbert and and Dennis Houston i can't tell you right now if Dennis Houston is going to make the team I, I i would say probably not but you know it, to i it's tough to to evaluate him i mean he looks fine um but then you know you have a player like um one of my favorites um Brandon Smith, who I think you know, not too far off, at least from what we're seeing. So I think not being able to evaluate those guys is is going to be it was was something that I was kind of disappointed in because I really don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of players like when you talk about the running backs, like Malik Davis, who's roster worthy in my opinion. But the Cowboys coaching staff loves Rico, so Rico's probably going to get it. um And I just I feel like there's a lot of questions i still have and i mean that's not a big deal but that's kind of my most disappointing thing
1: what's your like biggest question that's kind of lingering out there for you
0: well roster wise it's basically players like dennis houston and players like malik davis um and like tinder shot you know is he are they going to try to Protect him, and you know the Cowboys, like Tom said, you know they may need you know, if they want to go with four. Maybe they do. We don't know what's. I don't know what's going on with Sprinkle, and I don't know what's going on with. I mean, Sprinkle's gone, but I mean they always bring him back. I don't know what's going on with Sean McKean. So the and the Cowboys definitely need to have some tight ends that are able to play. Uh, so those players, there's a lot of lot of stuff on the defensive line that I can't. I know we're going to lose a good player like a Carlos Watkins. Probably not going to make the cut. Uh, I don't think John Ridgeway is making the team. I don't know if that's a surprise to anyone or if people disagree. That's my personal belief. I I think he's probably going to be a practice squad guy. Um, and there's that, a there's a lot of a lot of the, those decisions that I I mean I'm I'm very interested to see how it's going to play out in the next uh, few days. Um, but yeah, I I, I I it's really tough. I mean, what 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 would be your like your 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 toughest? Uh, roster bubble guy, like who you, who you think's really tough to, to figure out. I
1: I think I mentioned Malik Davis is someone that I've kind of been honed in on. So that's someone that I, I really wish there could be more space for him. I know it would be kind of silly to carry that many running backs, but um, he's just, he's got something special about him. And I really, um, you know, and, Dowell, by all means has earned his spot too. So not taking away from him in any way, but he's someone that really hyper-focused for whatever reason. I, I think it's mostly because Jerry keeps drilling in the, as Zeke um, or as the Cowboys go, as Zeke goes or whatever um, that I've really paid attention to the running back position. But what about you, Tom?
2: I I think for me it's more about numbers and I just keep coming down to you know the the, the tight end and the running back situations. How many can they afford to carry? The um, sprinkle going out may simplify it a little bit, but they still have four candidates uh, to try to, to fill that room. And I just I just don't know how they're going to come down and how they're going to use those slots because it seems like you know uh, you know with things seem to change. I think they kind of tipped their hands that Rico Daddle has definitely won the the RB three job, but like you said, Malik Davis has made quite a case. Uh, it just my my biggest concern always is 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 the depth good enough. Uh, The Cowboys have had a problem lately with depth and the fact that they've they've rolled out some really good starters. When a starter goes down, they don't always have the answer. I think they've got that fixed a lot on on defense, but now on offense, I'm not even sure they're rolling out good starters in some cases, Uh, and you know the area I'm talking about, Uh, although you can also make an argument that we may be a little bit shaky at starter at wide receiver because we've got so many untested players. And the, the season's a grind. It's a uh, endurance contest, a survival contest, and that's, kind of, that's the area I'm worried about. And that's one of the reasons why I, I would love to hear names of people that are coming in for a, a tryout or to sit down and talk with. About shoring up this roster, especially on the offensive line, but it wouldn't bother me if they were looking at some other guys just just to have some some idea of where they might to go if things don't start to work out.
1: Yeah, that's that would be um, promising, I would say. I,
0: I wanted to throw something out at you guys, and do you tell me if yeah. this is cra- crazy or not? Because you know we have two problems: we have uh, offensive tackle lack of depth and we have an abundance of defensive tackle uh, depth. Could, could you see a situation where the Cowboys, they don't feel like they can solve a problem through what's left free agency. And they may realize, you know, that maybe we don't like our guys as much as possible. And then you take a player like, like a Neville Gallimore or a Tristan Hill, Tristan Hill's always on the trading block. Um, but of course he's only got one year left in his rookie deal. So his value may not be very much, but if you, if you look at one of those guys that you, you know, you know, that you just don't have the numbers to for everyone to make the team. C- could you see the Cowboys maybe trying to pull off one of these like, you know, l- late, you know, uh, m- moves to, to kind of attack, you know, one position and by trading their their depth at another it is you think that's on the table?
2: Oh, I, I wrote a uh, I wrote an article begging them to do exactly that. Um, you know, they could even go to a team that just has real issues on its defensive line. And like often a double package, I think there's a good chance that Terrell Basham and Carlos Watkins are both going to get caught by the numbers game. And the fact that the Cowboys don't have that roster control over them that they have with younger players and offer a two for one deal to get, uh, at least a serviceable swing tackle in, uh, Will they do it? It's a different question. And there are times I just I can't figure out exactly what Stephen Jones is doing or what his logic is. Uh, The idea of 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 planning for two, three years downstream with your cap decision and not going into free agency uh, seems to be absolutely denying the reality of the NFL. Nobody cares how you're setting up for next year. They want to know if you're winning this year. And if you don't go all in to win this year, there's a good chance that some of those things you planned on for next year are going to fall through. Somebody gets hurt. Something else happens. And it's to me, it's just it's mystifying. I definitely think they should. I think it is entirely feasible. Uh, but, you know. Whether they'll actually look at it uh, is anybody's guess, and I'm not optimistic.
1: Yeah, I feel similar, similarly to Tom there. I It's something I would love to see them do. I'd like to see them do a lot of stuff as far as, like, getting creative and innovative with your positions. But it's just not something that they typically do, which leads me to believe just – based on, you know, history, uh, that they won't. And I feel like they've kind of just like listening to their press conferences and interviews and stuff like that. They keep, it's pretty easy to tell what Jerry's going to do. If he is, um, you know, if he's saying, we like our guys, we are, we feel good about, you know, Josh ball. That leads me to believe that they aren't even like thinking about bringing someone in and then going one step further and, you know, looking within themselves and kind of moving guys around. It just doesn't seem like something that they would do, but I would love to see it.
0: Yeah. So. And it's, it's really surprising to it. And cause it, if you lay everything on the table and, and you start to look at like what can really just collapse our season, Obviously, the number one thing is something happened to Dak Prescott, but then after that, it's going to be the left tack. the The tackle position is just atrocious, which also means probably that Prescott spent a lot of time, you know, on the ground. So I think that that's kind of one of, like a season-ending type thing. It's it's kind of like a just completely destroy your season type of problem and. I, I don't know what the Cowboys are seeing to where they don't feel the sense of urgency to try to fix this. Tackle is a very important position and I don't know what they're going to do. And it makes me really uneasy about this. And I'm hoping that, like I said, in the next few days, we see a veteran swing tackle signed to just give us another option. That's in the mix of all these possible solutions that they have. But if I tell you what, if it's bad, and the Cowboys go no and they have this really good defense up and coming defense, making plays defense. And then you have an offense that can't do anything because they can't block. That is really just, you know, repulsive. And I, I just, I just hope that's not something we're subjected to this year.
1: Yeah, I will. uh, I'm going to just throw out my conspiracy theory. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but this is just something that has been bugging me and I'm going to get it out. Um, The way they keep talking about, you know, it's all about Zeke this year. Um, They're really putting a lot on him. It feels to me, especially with them not, you know, shoring up anything on the offensive line, it just feels like it's an easy out for them. um, If he doesn't, you know, perform his, I would say, uh, classic running back duties that being running the ball instead of blocking as much as he's going to have to do. Um, <laughs> do you, do you feel like this is the make it or break it year for Zeke? Um, and do you feel like just kind of as well as Dak, but that they're being set up for failure a little bit?
2: I worry about, I worry about both, uh... Dak and Mike McCarthy kind of being set up as scapegoats. For Zeke, I think they're kind of looking to this as maybe being his last year anyway because 2023 is the first year to feasibly get out from his contract and I kind of, I would not be surprised if Stephen Jones with that long view has not been targeting that as a move to make. Um, I hate to say that the, the owners uh, slash GM are trying to position players to take the fall. So they've got someone to blame, to divert attention from their own failings, except that it seems like a pattern of behavior with, with this team over the past several years. Uh, and you know, I, I, you know, I used to have a lot of optimism about what, uh, jerry and steven jones were doing and they have just managed to fairly much destroy that to the point of where i think any success this team has is in spite of the jones family and not because of it
0: yeah you know i, I think you really asked a, a great question and i think it's, it touches on a lot of the fields of, of cowboys nation too with this and you know, I, I totally understand how when you look at things, especially the comments made by by Stephen Jones about talking about, you know, well, when you have a quarterback that makes this much and, you know, and the Cowboys have invested in Zeke and all this stuff. And it's it's really easy to to buy into this narrative that like like they're almost wanting to like just kind of like, you know, throw it in our faces like, well, this is what you get when you pay all these other players, you got to just make do with these other guys. And, and, and almost like, they're just kind of like letting things fall and just to kind of prove a point of something. And, and, but I, I can't get behind that because I really do believe, and I mentioned this on the Twitter space um uh before the game. And I believe, I do not believe that, that they are take, that they are setting themselves up for failure. I think that they're, they doing everything in their mind to the keep quotes their mind to win and and bring a championship to Dallas the problem is I don't know that their mind is always the right things, and that's what I think is is difference I I you know I I applaud the you know Stephen for his you know money management skills and to keep us competing year in a year that's one of the things we take for granted because we are competitive we don't ever have go through these terrible seasons because we're just in really bad shape and hitting the reset like a lot of our the our foes in the in our division do but um at the same time there's you know some of their decisions are just very questionable but i i will say i do not i do not believe that they're trying to just like put this out there you know let these are the let the let the chips fall where they may, and you know. And if it doesn't work out, I, I told you so. Well, what do you expect when you have a quarterback making so so much, or you know, or they're like setting up McCarthy for to fail. I think they believe in McCarthy. They want to believe in McCarthy. Whether that's the right decision is different, different story. But I definitely don't. I don't buy into any conspiracy theories. I just think the Joneses just aren't as good as they think they are.
2: Yeah, there's a, there's certainly a. I think a lack of self-awareness there that you frankly often see with billionaires. Uh, uh, I mean, that's just a generic trait. These guys are very wealthy. They do not deal with the same consequences that the rest of us deal with because their money insulates them from so much. Uh, The Cowboys are the the wealthy, are the most valuable franchise in the NFL, which I sometimes really wish they weren't because I think it breeds a complacency. And the, uh, the the Jones family just doesn't seem to connect to NFL reality enough. They think they have the same, their run-first attitude, that how the team goes is how Zeke goes. I'm sorry, that's a 90s mindset. And I realized that was the heyday for the Dallas Cowboys under Jerry Jones, but that's long gone. You know, we're approaching 30 years since they had that success, and we need we need to quit having a, a leadership that wants to replicate it. We need to find the modern way to do it, and uh, so that's that's just an issue I think they have, and it's kind of awkward because. The people that could possibly solve it are the problem and don't want to admit they're the problem and take steps to solve it.
1: Wait, you mean to tell me that we don't get a trophy for being worth uh, eight billion dollars?
2: Uh, the Jones family does. They call it yachts and mansions and helicopters. And, oh, let's bring Stephen a. a. Smith in for this extravaganza on the day after we lose our starting left tackle. Yeah.
1: Oh, that that was such a bad look. I'm not going to lie. It was. Yeah. I mean, i I know the person who put that on, and they worked super hard, and it was a really well-run event, but – Good Lord. But did that look crazy after losing Tyron Smith? Um, let's, uh, let's leave the people off with something nice. Um, I want you to give me your like favorite play of the game. Personally for me, mine was Sam Williams sack because that got me super excited for him. Like I'm just rooting for this guy. Um, and he was so happy afterwards i got super excited about it so that was that was probably my favorite play of the game what about you dan
0: Uh, what is my favorite play of the game oh you know what it's as boring as it sounds you know i just there's there's a couple of them but uh there's just these moments where Ferguson just does a good job holding a block, and he, and he sprung a couple couple nice runs. I think they're different runners each time. I think Malik Davis had one, and then Shamklin maybe the other. But um, yeah, I, I mean that's that's probably be the thing that like oh you know that that made me the happiest of of the game because I think that's something that's will that will translate into. The regular season and uh, something very important to us too is to be able to effectively uh block in the trenches so i'm gonna go with yeah blocks by uh, ferguson that's that's
2: what made me the happiest
1: i love that what about you tom
2: Well, I'm going to go with the moment when it was just flat, enjoyable from a football sense when, you know, step back from trying to be the analyst and find the meaning and see what's going on. And just that moment when you enjoy the game happening. And to me, it was the tippy toe touchdown that Brandon Smith, had. you know, that was just a play where the quarterback put it in a good place and the receiver had a, Great awareness of where he was and the body control to just get down with a legal catch, and uh, that to me was just you know if you want something to replay just to enjoy some fun football, that was it.
1: I love that. That was a that was a really fun moment. I think they showed that like three or four times on there, and I was just like, yeah, that's clean football right there. Um. All right. Well let everyone know where they can find you guys. Um, and what you have coming up, Tom, you
2: first. Uh, you can find me at, uh, Tom Rile BTB on Twitter. And every Thursday, my buddy Roy White and I put up a podcast called Riled Up. He picked the name, not me, <laughs> uh, on, on the blogging the boy podcast network. Uh, and, Love to have everybody come in. And also, just like this, I kind of show up randomly on other podcasts and live streams. So tune in and enjoy.
1: <laughs> All right, and yeah.
2: you, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Danny Phantom 24.
0: And uh, like Mr. Riles here, I uh, you, you can catch catch me on the podcast, A Star Seminar, on Fridays with my buddy, Rabble Rouser. And we, we follow the Girls Talking Boys podcast on Friday. So you got a double dose of good stuff on Friday. And and then, you know, you'll catch all my writing over at uh, Blogging the Boys.
1: Perfect. Yeah, they, they uh, have everything you could ask for um, on bloggingtheboys.com. So make sure you go check that out, especially after games. It's a lot of good insight. Um, you can rate, review and subscribe uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts. The Blogging the Boys Network has something every single day. So make sure to check that out. And uh, as for me, you can find me at Meg Murray with four R's on Instagram and Twitter. And, you know, I might pop on uh, a round table or two coming up this season. So check those out and uh, we'll catch you next week.